You are listening to New Life The Fort. We pray that this season, you take possession of every good gift God has prepared for you. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 8, it says, See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and their descendants after them. Verse 21, Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. So I have a question for everyone. The things that you've been believing for, do you really want it? Do you really, really want it? But you know, no matter how badly or goodly you want it, God wants it for you to have it even more. God wants for you to have it even more. In fact, He actually paid the ultimate price, which is His blood, for you to receive it. So, blesses me to think that the things I'm believing for, God wants for me to have it even more. And He actually died for me to receive it. So that's good news. In the the Old Testament, this is the time where Israel was about to cross over to the promised land. And let's start with Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. And let me ask everyone to stand up as we speak the word. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. That's the promise of God to Joshua. And what is Joshua's part? Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that brings clarity, that lifts Jesus up, Thank you, Lord, that you are able to make all grace abound towards me, that I, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Thank you for your anointing to reveal your plans and purposes, for us to be strong and of good courage, 
so that we may possess everything that you have purchased for us. This we receive in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all sit down. If you notice, starting from verse 6 to 9, these were the part which Joshua had to play. And as we have read verses 6 to 9, one common denominator stood out, and that is, be strong and of good courage. Whenever the Lord repeats himself, in fact, he didn't just repeat himself twice. He repeated himself three times. God is intentional. God is purposeful. So that means he's trying to tell us something, and it's very important. So to summarize, what God wanted Joshua to do is to be strong and of good courage so that he will be able to bring all of Israel into the promised land. And what, is, what does it mean to be strong and of good courage? Well, let's go to the dictionary. Being strong here says having, showing, or able to exert great bodily or muscular power, like Brother Gabe. Mentally powerful or vigorous, like me, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Especially able, competent, or powerful, um, probably not me, <laughs> in a specific field or respect. Of great moral power, firmness, or courage. Powerful in influence, authority, resources, or means of uh, prevailing or succeeding. Aggressive and willful. Joshua needed to be strong. Because there were giants in the land. It's the same thing with us. We need to be strong and of good courage because in the land that we are about to possess, there are giants there. There are giants. Secondly, what is courage? Courage means without fear. Bravery, the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. So another part for you, for us to possess the land is we need to be courageous. We need to be without fear. We need to be brave. We need to have the quality of mind that enables us to face difficulty, danger, and pain. You know, even as I was reading this, I can't help but feel inadequate. You know, just to tell you honestly. Because in and of my own strength, I cannot always be strong. Sure, after praise and worship, after a great service, I can feel strong. But what happens during the middle of the week? What happens during when I'm in my own, just me and myself and I in my own quiet time, when I feel inadequate and insecure? I don't feel strong. I don't feel courageous. So what about that? Does that mean I can no longer possess the land? Because the Lord said you need to be strong and be very courageous for you to possess the land. But praise God, this was in the Old Testament. We have a new spiritual Joshua in heaven, and that his name is Jesus Christ. He was the one who became strong and of good courage for us, and he's the one who is representing us. So I give you three R's required to be strong and of good courage. Three R's. What's the first R? Revelation. You need to have revelation. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 11, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days, take note of that, you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land 
which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Three days. What does that remind you of? Gives, it reminds you of when Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. And the river Jordan is a picture of judgment because the river Jordan, it goes all the way down to the Dead Sea. But because of what Jesus Christ paid for us, what Jesus did on the cross, we are able to cross the river of judgment and just go on to the promised land. For without the cross, it's impossible for you to come across. You know? Amen. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 10 to 13, And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that He will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. In other words, everything that stands in your way for you to receive God's promise to you, God will surely without fail drive out before you. Amen. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now therefore, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass. It may take a while, but it shall come to pass. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, that the waters come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. All you need to do, because you are in Christ, you just cross over. Just cross over. And the Lord Himself, He's the one who goes before you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Because you are in Christ. He's your heavenly Joshua. He's the one who has paid the price for you. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1, verse 2 to 4, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine plans has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers. Through this you may be able to partake of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What is it is in your heart? What are you believing for? What have you been praying for? Get a word from God. Get a revelation. Understand how Jesus Christ purchased for you. Because every single need that you may have in this earth, not just need, but desires and dreams, Jesus Christ paid for them already. You just need to have a revelation of it. That's why in, you can see in Deuteronomy verse 1, 8 and 21, you can see this all in the past tense. It says there, see, see, I have set the land before you. That's in past tense. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. That's already in past tense. What you've been believing for, God has already prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. All you need to do is just step out. Trust Him. Believe Him. Amen? That's why God said in John 19, verse 30, Jesus said, it is finished. It's already finished, my friends. Just need to look to Him and to trust Him. In fact, um, this is the verse that we read a while ago. I mentioned three times 
God mentioning to Joshua three times about being strong and being of good courage. The first time he mentioned that was in verse 6. He said, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance. What does inheritance tell you? For someone to have an inheritance, that person needs to be an heir or a son or a daughter. The land which I swore to their fathers to give them. But you know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 to 17, the Spirit Himself bears witness that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Tagapagmana. Heirs are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. The suffering that the Bible was talking here is all about just believing and trusting. Because sometimes it's hard to believe. Let's just be honest, you know. Even though things aren't happening in the natural, we choose to believe. And that's about the suffering that the Bible is all about. Because everything else, Jesus already paid for you. Jesus already fulfilled the law for you. It says here in Galatians, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's you, that's me, through Christ Jesus. Friends, all you need to do is just have a revelation. Like Pastor Alvin said last week, you can't cross over if you do not see, if you don't have the vision, if you do not see, how can you cross over? It's the same way with us. How can you uh, be strong and of good courage if you don't have a revelation of what Jesus Christ has done for you? Because in and of our own strength, we can never be strong enough. We can never be courageous enough. But because we know that Jesus is the one who represents us, He's the one who is strong. He's the one who is courageous. We can be courageous. Amen? The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen? Next, R, I give you, is rest. In Psalm 37, verse 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. The second uh, time that God said to Joshua about being strong and being of good courage is in verse 7. It says there, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. In other words, God was telling Joshua, Obey all the law. Obey it completely and perfectly. In and of our own strength, no one can obey the law completely. So that alone makes us inadequate or um, you're not qualified to receive the promises of God. You're not qualified to possess the land. But praise God, we have a heavenly Joshua who fulfilled all the law for us. He's actually just like the, the verse I said to you, a while ago, that He's the one who fulfilled all the law for us to receive all the promises of God, promises of Abraham, that we might receive the promise through faith. Amen? 
So all you need to do is rest. He's the one who fulfilled the law. What is our part? Our part is to believe Him. Our part is to trust Him. Because He is our heavenly Joshua. He's the one who crosses before us. He's the one who is before us. He's the one who is with us. And He's the one in our, as our rear guard. Because He's the, our heavenly Joshua, we look to Him to bring us. The Bible says in Hebrews 7.25, Therefore, He's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him. For He ever lives to make intercession for us. He ever lives to make intercession for you. Every time you make a, you make a prayer, you make a request to God, Jesus is the one standing before you. Whenever you pray in the name of Jesus, God the Father sees Jesus, the perfection of His Son, the perfection of His finished work. And that is why you can rest and you can believe, even though it may feel like it's taking time, you can rest and be assured that God is working on your, on your behalf behind the scenes. You may not see it, you may not feel it, but because you believe, you are trusting in Him, you are resting in Him, Know that in His perfect time, you will receive it. Amen? So how do you rest? What does it mean to be at rest? To be at rest means you trust. To be at rest means you believe. Because like whenever you pray, like for example, you pray for the, let's say, tuition fee of your, of your son, of your daughter. Once you pray, the matter, the matter is settled already. You already rest. I always say this. The very first step of faith is the step of rest. If you don't know what to do, you pray. Father God, I pray for wisdom in this direction. What do you want me to do? Before God tells you what to do, He will tell you, rest first. Rest first. Look to Him. Look to Him and trust Him and believe Him. And that's the time that peace will come. The direction will come because, you know, if you rest, then God works. If you work, God rests. Amen. So, in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. The Israelites couldn't enter in the promised land because of unbelief. You know, in the new covenant, the promised land is no longer a physical land. Even though as a church, we're believing for a new building, that's not the promised land. The new covenant, the promised land, is a place of rest. So even though we are still believing for that building, even though you're believing for that house or that health or that uh, car, you can rest. Therefore, you can always rejoice, even in the midst of waiting. Because the promised land is the place of rest. That you don't need to wait. You don't need for that thing that you've been praying for or a person you've been praying for to manifest before your eyes, before you can praise, the moment that you rest, is that the time you could already rejoice. Amen? In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well to them. But the word which they heard, they did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So the word, the good news that you are hearing it right now, mix it with faith. This word is for each and every one of you, no exceptions. 
this is for you. The fact that you're here right now, you're hearing my voice, you're hearing the word, God wants you to give you something. The thing that you're believing for, God wants you to receive it. Why? Like the song that we've been um, singing a while ago, this is my story. What's your story? That God is good? That God is faithful? That God provides? That's your story. Your story is the goodness and the grace of His, of, of God in your life. That's your story. Your story is not a tragedy. Your story is a story of victory. Amen? For we who have believed do enter that rest. So the moment that you believe, you have entered that rest. You cannot say, oh, I'm resting, but you're not believing. It cannot be when you believe you are resting. Believing equals resting. Resting equals believing. As he has said, I, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The works were finished. Everything that you've been believing for, it's already there. Just rest and trust that your heavenly Joshua, and that's Jesus Christ, will be able to bring you over into that promised land. Amen. Resting um, is not positive thinking. It's not imagining problems away. Resting, like I said, is believing what God has said. And how do you have, how do you believe what God has said? It's important for you to hear the word. That's why faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. That's in Romans 10, 17. That's why he has finished the work and that he has made you righteous. So, in Psalms 95, verse 8, it says, So today, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. When you hear the word of God, when you hear a promise from God, receive it. That's for you. Don't harden it by saying, I'm not qualified. I'm not being, I've, I haven't been good enough. God doesn't love me enough. That's you hardening your heart. Receive his promises like a child. Because God wants for you to receive it more than you want to receive it. And also, unbelief literally hardens your heart. Do you know that there's actually a correlation between unbelief and heart disease? That's why in the Bible says in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, in the last days, we are already in the last days, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. There are men here who don't know God, who don't know the word, who are operating out of all their own strength. They are anxious. But praise God, we have the word of God. We have hearts of flesh and we are at rest. And that's why in Ezekiel 11 verse 19 says, Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh. Amen? That's why the Bible says, It's good that the heart be established with grace. Let your heart be at rest. Let it be established by grace. You can receive and take as much as you want, and as much as you need. And God won't mind. In fact, God is very, very, very well pleased whenever you take what you want and take what you need. That's why it says here, 
For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance, there's an abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. You know, um, in the race of life, it's not about who's better. It's not about who's more talented. It's not about um, who's more skillful or who has the connections. No. In the race of life, what matters most is you, the one who can receive as much abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That person will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Amen? So rest. Um, just a caveat. Rest doesn't mean inactivity like, um, Lord naman yan, I'm gonna rest. No. Because of the grace in your life, you're able to work and labor more abundantly than them all. That's why the Bible says in, um, in verse 19 in Romans 5 that we are co-laborers with Him. Like what I'm doing right now. I'm the one speaking. I'm just laboring with God. I'm the one throwing His words, but it's the Holy Spirit who's working in your heart. He's the one who's speaking to you right now. We are co-laborers with Him, and it's such an honor. That is why God wants you to step out and go and possess the land. God has already prepared what you've been believing for. All you need to do is be a co-laborer with Him and just trust Him, step out. That's being a co-laborer with Him. Amen? And the third R, the third R that is required for you to be strong and of good courage is relationships. In uh, Joshua chapter nine, 1, verse 9, it says there, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The most essential quality of being strong and of being, of being good courage is Joshua's relationship with his father, with God the Father. And Jesus himself said, I could do no works except the Father who works in me. Jesus' strength for ministry is, comes from having a relationship with His Father. And it's the same way with us. You know, the reason why we do what we do is because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the, work, he's the one who's working in us and through us. That's why it says in Galatians 6, 6 verse 9, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Amen. So that's the first one, relationship with God. Another thing that is very, very important is our relationship with our brethren, with our brothers and sisters. You know, um, you may have come here on your own. Let me just tell you, that's good for a while. You may have been coming here for quite some time already. That's good for a season, but eventually you need to really grow your roots and get connected because there's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you're hearing me right now because God wants you to be a part of this church. God wants you to be uh, building your roots here down deep in this church because we need everybody. Even David, you know David, right? The greatest uh, king in all of Israel. He's the one who slew Goliath. 
And every uh, covenant kid child knows, knows David and um, his favorite Bible character is David. But you know that there was a time in his life that he was almost killed by one of the sons of Goliath. Let's read it in 2 Samuel 31 verse 15 to 17. Once again, the Philistines were at war with Israel. And, and when David and his men were in the thick of battle, David became weak and exhausted. Ishbi Benob was a descendant of the giants. His bronze spearhead weighed more than seven pounds, and he, he was armed with a new sword. He had cornered David and was about to kill him. But Abishai, son of Zeruai, came to David's rescue and killed the Philistine. Then David's men declared, You're not going to out to battle with us again. Why risk snuffing out the light of Israel? You know what? No man is an island. It's a cliche. We need everybody. We need the right relationships. We need the right people with the right heart, with the right uh, attitude, doing the right thing at the right time. And praise God, you can find it in the local church. You can find it in this church. Find a life group. Be connected. You know, I could tell you a time, but it's not about me. There was a time in my life that I almost, I was this close, this close to actually quitting. I still believe in God. I was thinking this, you know, um, I don't want to go to new life anymore. Because it's embarrassing because I failed. And maybe I could find a new church. I still believe in God. But you know, praise God for divine relationships. Praise God for people, leaders, and pastors who encouraged me and reminded me of the word that God has given to me. He is faithful. And because of that, I was able to go through that season victorious. And here I am right now, witnessing and testifying to you that God is good. And He has sent people across your path for a reason and for a season. Amen? That's why it says here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, but continually encourage one another, admonish and one another every day as long as it is called today and there is an opportunity so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of its sin. It's cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. Encourage one another. We, need, we all need encouragement. What does encouragement mean? It simply means infuse with courage. We all need courage. You know, not everyone can, can exhort as well as Brother Gabe, but all, all of us have their own uh, anointings and giftings that will benefit people. And you can see it in, even in during the communion. There's different gift things. And you know what? Your gift, it's not for you. Your gift is for someone else. You're not meant to just enjoy your own gift. In fact, that gift, that anointing, is not for you. It's for the people around you. Amen? In Deuteronomy 31 verse 7, you can, you can see here, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. 
and you shall cause them to inherit it. You can see that Moses was the one who is encouraging Joshua. Who was Moses? Moses was Joshua's leader. Same way with us. Every Sunday, we hear encouragement from our leaders, our pastors. So that is why it's very important for us to be rooted, to be grounded in the local church, to be continually hearing what God is saying and speaking through our pastors. Secondly, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7, this is the time that God is speaking to Joshua. We read that a while ago. And that serves to remind us that, you know, in your journey, throughout life, in every day, in every moment, you need to be continuously listening and hearing the Word of God. Be reminded of how much He loves you. Be reminded of Christ's finished work. Be reminded who you are in Him. And not listen to the voice of the enemy. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 18, and this is interesting, it says here, Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words, in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. These are the Israelites whom Joshua was leading. The Israelites themselves were encouraging Joshua, who is their leader. It just goes to show you, even leaders need encouragement too. You can encourage your leaders by praying for them and just giving, thanking them, appreciating them. And if you ever you ask for prayers, let them know what happened. For surely your testimony will bless them. In fact, one of the greatest joys of a leader is to see the person whom he or she is serving walking in the fullness and the grace of God. Amen. Nothing makes that leader prouder. Amen. And, and as you see, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, we read this. It says there, It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the river into the land I am giving them. Nun here speaks, it means posterity or generations. That means possession is not just for you. It's also for the people around you. And it's not just for the people around you. It's for the generations after you. You know, everything we do in life, because we are in the kingdom, it may be from the movie, impacts eternity. Everything we do impacts eternity. You know how, how I can be sure of that? Someone brought you here. You heard it from someone. You heard about Jesus Christ from someone. Someone told you about Jesus Christ. Maybe someone invited you here. Maybe someone preached to you or witnessed to you. That is why we can impact the world. How does God change the world? One person at a time. I love the tagline of New Life the Fourth. Every one of us working together, making a change making a difference. Amen. That is why also in Joshua chapter 1, verse 12 to 15, um, I'm not going to read it all. Basically, it talks about the Reubenites, Gadites, and the tribe of Manasseh. Um, these were the first tribes of Israel who received their promise. They were the first one who crossed over to the promised land and received the rest that God has promised to them. But see, it says here, in verse 15, 
um, before verse 18, it says there, 14, but you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which the Lord's Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan towards the sunrise. You see that? They were the first ones to receive the promise. But they are not to settle there. They are to help their brethren, the other Israelites, to receive and claim the promises that God has for them. You know what, you know what the very heart of God is? No man should be left behind. So I'm speaking to every one of you. God wants you to receive His promise. God wants you to receive His inheritance. And we are all in this together. And that is why the three R's, rest, revelation, relationship, is very, very, very important. Why do we do the things that we do? We could have just, you know, why do we have to believe and cross over to the, to the building, to our new building? We could just stay here. We're fine here. But there are people out there. People haven't heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And we can't sit still. And just, you know, we want them to receive what we've been receiving. That God is good. That even though you fail sometimes, God loves you anyway. That's what God wants for all the people in the world to know. That God is not angry with them. That Jesus Christ died for everyone. No longer about religion, but the real thing. I'm going to close with this verse. In 2 Corinthians 5, 14-15. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all. That those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Amen. Amen. God is after that one sheep. God is after that one coin. You may be that sheep. You may be that coin. And it doesn't have to be like, but you already received Jesus Christ. But you are that sheep if you think that God doesn't want you to receive the fullness of what He has purchased for you. God wants you to repent. Repent doesn't mean, you know, in sackcloth and ashes. Repent simply means changing your mind. Changing your mind to what God has said, that God is good, that God loves you, that God only want, wants what's best for you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the word that has been sown in our hearts. Thank you for revealing Jesus Christ to us, that he's the one who has gone before us. He's the one who is our purchased possession. And because of that, we are your prized possession, Lord God. And that without fail, surely we will possess and cross over the land because you are our heavenly Joshua. In Jesus' name, amen. Very, very quickly now, uh, let me ask everyone to close your eyes and bow your heads.
If there's anyone among you here who has not yet received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your time. You are that one sheep. You are that one coin that God has been looking for. And that time for you to be found by Him. He knows where you are all along. But all He's waiting for is for you to invite Him in your heart. This is the time to do so. I'm going to count to three. And on count to three, I'm going to lift up my hand. And we're going to pray with you. So one, God loves you. Two, Jesus Christ died for you and wants you to receive Him as your Lord, as, as Lord of your life. Three, lift up your hand so we can pray. Anyone among you here who wants to receive Jesus? I believe there's some person there in the fourth floor. Congregation, uh, join us, lead us, help us uh, usher our brother and sister into prayer. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And most of all, thank you for Jesus, for sending him to die for us on the cross. Jesus, we invite you to be our Lord and Savior. We believe that you died and rose again from the dead. So right now, I am changed. So right now, I am saved. So right now, my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's all clap to the Lord. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com.